The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Tomorrow at this time, we'll be broadcasting from Stony Point Grill in Mokina and celebrating the weekend with you. A great Friday tomorrow. It's supposed to cool down. We'll be drinking ice cold Miller Light. Celebrating Miller time. It's at 19031 Old LaGrange Road in Mokina. We've been there before and we love that place. So if you're in the Mokina area, come on by, see Waddle and me tomorrow at uh, Stony Point Grill in Mokina. The Nissan Titan Street team will be there as well with great prizes to give out, including White Sox tickets. So that's tomorrow. And speaking of the Sox, don't don't giggle. You're going to do your little joke again? I did not. I, you don't have any idea what I was laughing about. What were you laughing at? Uh, something on the street. It wasn't anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. It's just coincidental timing right there. Speaking of the White Sox, uh, Jesse Rogers is on the south side, and uh, he joins us uh, right now from Guaranteed Rate Field. Hi, Jesse. Jesse. Good afternoon, boys. Yeah, I might be one of the few here today. I mean, it's 100 degrees. Yeah. It's the Oakland A's. We know their record. And now the White Sox playing out the string. They announced 15,000 yesterday. I wasn't here, but I don't think there was 15,000 if you looked at the stand. So uh, this series is going to be probably very uh, sparsely attended. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it was a tough day to draw yesterday for sure in that heat. Jesse, as always, is brought to you by your local Chicagoland Toyota dealers. Toyota, let's go places. Um, and, and Jesse, it's been a busy week for the White Sox from... The report that was, quote, floated in into Crane Chicago business. And then we couldn't believe it 48 hours ago when the Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams firings happened to what? Just a few hours of optimism for Sox fans to Bob Nightingale's report that uh, Chris Getz could get the job with Dayton Moore coming over from Texas. Let me ask, let me start ask with this question specifically for you. Even though that's the report from Nightingale, do you believe Jerry Reinsdorf will go on some type of search, at least, before naming Chris Getz the general manager? No, I don't think so. And I, I say that through some informed uh, uh, you know, research and, and, and reporting in the sense that I've talked to some executives around the league, assistant GMs, that would probably be interested in getting a promotion, and they have not heard of the White Sox doing interviews or anything like that. Now, I've talked to a handful of them. It doesn't mean that Jerry isn't talking to some others. So as far as I know, there, aren't, there isn't some big external search going on. And, of course, I think we all agree that last line in the press release about having someone in place at the end of the season kind of implies it could come internally. And there's um, a couple of twists. Some people have asked me you know, why he hasn't announced Getz yet. I think there's a couple of reasons. One could simply be, uh, there's two ways to do this. You announce Getz, and then you announce all these other hirings because, you know, Getz is going to hire his own people later on. Or you you announce it all kind of at once, which could include Dayton Moore, which, by the way, I don't have as big a problem as other people if that's the case. Like, I don't think he's going to be president of baseball operations. I think someone like that, senior advisor or something, somebody that can guide Getz through contracts and negotiations and stuff like that. I don't have a big problem with Dayton Moore. He won a World Series. And granted, he was with a losing organization lately. I, I understand all that. But um, So the point is, he might be waiting to, to make the hires, get his ducks in a row, and then make the, the big announcement. 
um, of, of gets and others. And there's another part of this that I'm sure people don't know. And just using the Rooney rule as a, as a phrase, because we all know what that means. It's interesting in baseball. If you promote from within, and basically if you promote a white guy from within, you have to hire a minority, not necessarily to take Getz's old job, but somewhere along the ladder, you have to hire a minority in a leadership position. Not just interview, but hire. But you're not required to interview for the new position. You can uh, promote from within, but you have to hire someone new in a minority position. So that could be also going on behind the scenes. Long story short, I think it is Getz's job to lose, I suppose you could say, and they're just sort of crossing the T's and dotting the I's to get it done. Jess, we talked about this yesterday. You promote from within, whether it's Major League Baseball or it's corporate America. You promote from within when there is a winning culture that has been established by people already in the organization, and they move on for whatever reason. Why would they decide to promote from within for a group that has not developed players well and hasn't won consistently enough? Is it simply there's just a comfort level there? And Chris Getz may turn out to be the greatest general manager of all time. I don't mean to be raining on his parade. Sure. But does this maybe signal that they're trying to keep everything as basic as possible because the next announcement will be that there are plans to sell this team? I don't know about the second part of that, but I think the first part is kind of like, okay, he did the big thing, but now where does he turn? He's still going to turn to somebody he knows. Why? It's like, it, well, I mean, it's like he hit a double and, 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 and could have been a triple and he stopped at second, right? You know, because no one expected them to fire both those guys. Like, I certainly did. I thought maybe one, but not both. So I can only tell you that Jerry isn't exactly, you know, in tune with all the young owners and executives around the league. I don't think he is, at least. I think he talks to the old school guys, and I'm not sure that he's investigating who's the best guy from Tampa or Houston or L.A. to take over. So, like I said, I think he hit a double with the firings, but he but he stopped short of a triple or home run. I got a better analogy. Tooting his own guy, yeah. I, th- right? I think he hit a double, and he tried to stretch it to three, and he got thrown out at third because I don't think he's I don't think he's on base anymore. I think he got he he made an out. Because yeah. what has it really gotten you if you fired those two, if you're just going to hire another bad guy? Like, like, and I take, I take issue with what Waddle says about raining on Getz's parade. Like, what have I told you that Pedro Grafal was the new general manager? Oh, we're not going to rain on Pedro Grafal's parade? Right. Hey, like, Chris Getz is as qualified as Pedro Grafal. Chris Getz is bad at his job right now. Why does that make him qualified to be the general manager? Chris Getz hasn't developed the minor league system. So this isn't like taking shots at Chris Getz for no reason. He's in the organization that has been a failure at developing the minor league system. This team's this team has done an awful job of developing talent, period. Why would they ever promote someone who has failed at that to run the entire shop is beyond me. No, I can't, I can't answer that either, other than to say, as a guy that was third or fourth in command, maybe he has ideas that he could never institute. That's where I'll go with Waddle and say, okay, there's always that shoddy something special. Maybe, but you know what? Chris I, Getz, let, me, maybe, let me finish. Maybe. I, I said the same thing about Grafal, and I'm turning out to be wrong, because you can hire someone, you can find a good person in a bad organization or a losing organization. We all agree 
there has to be good people in losing organizations. But you, but here's the point. You're putting yourself behind the eight ball by doing that. Why not hire someone from a winning organization with forward-thinking ideas? Right. It's not that Getz can't succeed, but the odds against him are higher than the odds against David Stearns or you know, Glick, the guy that won with the Astros, or someone, you know, someone forward-thinking that we all know is, is good at their job. So I'm with you, Sylvie. I'm with you. I don't get it either. I just think he's, he's already fired two guys he knows, so he's going to turn to the one guy he does know, and maybe that guy's been in his ear with some crazy ideas that, that might work. But I'm with you. You're already behind the eight ball, hiring from a situation where he learned under guys that couldn't do a rebuild Look, or anything before it's that. It's called failing up, okay? And I'm, yeah, I, wouldn't, right. I wouldn't hire him either for yeah. all of those reasons. I don't know, but maybe he does have an, hey, listen, Jerry, what we have to do is hire – X amount of more people in our, in our, you know, we need to be more like the Cubs or other teams. Look, I don't right. know what his ideas are. When he sits down in his presentation, which isn't going to take place because you're just going to hire him, I don't know if he could be good or bad. The only thing I'm saying to you is, is that if you keep him in place because it doesn't seem like the right hire, maybe that is the final signal that they are going to do something that nobody thought they'd do also, and that's sell the team. I mean, are you going to go out and do a massive search for a general manager and then announce selling the team? Or are you just going to promote from within, keep things status quo, keep Pedro in his role for right now? Why would they fire Rick and Kenny if they were selling the team, though? Give him a chance to jump on elsewhere. I mean, you're right. Sylvie, look, you're right. There's no... I don't have it. Listen, they do things in a very strange manner. I'm just look. I'm I'm wondering if that is another sign that possibly they could be that could be a serious option for them. Yeah, don't know. Possible. It's possible. It's just Jesse. Like again, Jerry's got this opportunity to go on a fact finding mission about his team for free. He he could. Who is Andrew Friedman's top lieutenant? Right. I agree. Like like, talk to him. Hey, uh, whoever he is. Uh, what do you think of, of of our system? What do we do right? What do we do wrong? What do you do that we're not doing? Uh, what what do we need to do that you do that we're not doing? Um, what do the Braves do? What do you think is being done outside of your organization that you would that you would do if you were us? Um, hey, with the Braves, talk to their top guy. What are you doing that we don't do? All this stuff is free if you go through an extensive search. At the very least, there's free information to get from smart baseball guys. But instead, Jerry wants to go to his yes man, Tony LaRussa, and just be comfortable and then hire another guy internally in Chris Getz, find out nothing that he doesn't want to hear, and go status quo and continue to be one of the worst franchises in Major League Baseball. Just follow give, Pedro's plan, and they'll take yeah, you out the, of the wilderness. The system. I'll, the new I'll, system. Give you, I'll give you a great example. Remember when the Cubs moved on from Madden, it was pretty clear that, that David Ross was going to be the manager. What did Theo and Jed do? They called Joe Espada in from Houston and interviewed him. Now, sure, it was a legit interview, but they learned more from Espada than Espada learned from them because they want to know how Houston did things. David Ross was always going to be the hire, but they, they did what exactly what you did. They did a fact-finding mission in other places, and they and, and it helped them. I'm with you, unless Jerry's doing this behind the scenes, and look, I've admitted for years, you know, like any, there's one person in this country that seems to know what Jerry's thinking, and that's Bob Nightingale. So, right. outside of that, 
Um, I don't know what Jerry's doing behind the scenes. All I know is what people have told me, and it doesn't sound like he's he's doing the forward-thinking thing that you're talking about. There was one time in in Sox history where they went on a search, and they were open-minded, and they didn't want to hire a guy. And, but they said, just give him the interview. And Kenny relented. And he said, yeah. fine. And it was Ozzie Guillen. He had no intention of hiring Ozzie Guillen. He interviewed a bunch of guys. But he, uh, he opened the door and, he, and, and Ozzie blew him away. And wouldn't you know it? Ozzie was the guy who led them to the World Series. Sometimes when you open yourself up to f- just being open-minded... And yeah. finding stuff out, you're going to learn things. I, I mentioned this with the Bulls. The Bulls, when they went on an extensive search, they wanted to hire Tom Izzo. They didn't get Tom Izzo. You know who they found in that search? They found Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau was one, their second winningest coach of all time. You've got to go on a search to find great minds sometimes. And, and it feels like Jerry used to do that. You just gave examples of it. And that's why I've always said it feels like he's owning a team from the last decade or two, you know, from the 2000s or 90s. Like, you got to get with the modern times a little bit and the forward-thinking people in the game. So I'm with you. I, I think that he's probably going to stop short and, and go with Getz and just think of that as a different new voice, and that's enough for this team. And has, it does, just doesn't seem like Has Jerry talked at all? I mean, like, has – like, and if – I mean, if he truly wants, as Bob Nightingale reported, truly wants to win another one before he's done with this business, then he's going to have to jump into the deep end of the pool financially. That's just, I mean, it's no guarantee that you'll win, but it gives you a better chance. Is there any thought, Jess, that there is, with this new change here, that there will be a a new appetite for spending more? No, absolutely not. Right. I, I mean, mean unless, so... unless Jerry changes his mind, but what have I said to you? Spend money to make money. He needs the crowds to appear before he's going to spend on free agents. Sell the team. Sell the team. Yeah. I mean, that's what it really comes back See, to. See, but, but Jesse, Jesse, he's alienated the crowd. Like, the crowd, the, like, do you blame the crowds for not coming first? The crowd nope. has been so tormented. They're not going to come until he does business differently. In 2006. They drew 2.9 million people the year after the World Series. Yeah. 2.9, and they've squandered almost yeah. every one of those fans. Right. About it. Ken, Ken Rosenthal said this on the AJ Krasinski show. I was on it as well yesterday. He said it's a sleeping giant here, and I don't disagree with him. We are in a huge market, and yes, to the second team in town, it doesn't mean they can't draw 2 million plus if you run the organization the right way. Amen. Yeah. Hey, uh, would you give Otani 10 years and 400 million? I would. I still would. I think it's going to be very interesting. I've talked to a lot of people in the, in the, in the industry the last 24 hours, and there's, there's a couple layers to this. I don't think he's the sort of guy that has an appetite for opt-outs and going back into free agency. Um, I think he wants a home. Uh, this is just, you know, again, it's a little bit of speculation because not, not everyone knows. Not, no one really knows what he's thinking, but I think he's going to pull a Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper signed for 13 and 300 million. No opt-outs, nothing. This is my home. I think that's what Shohei Otani wants. And what was what's interesting, guys, is before yesterday, the contract was probably secondary to where he's most comfortable and where he can win. Now the contract he might get becomes more important. In other words, how much is guaranteed money and then how much is incentive-laden money for pitching? 
30 starts, you get 30 million. 35 starts, you get 40. But whatever it is, that's the kind of contract he can sign. So which team is willing to maybe still give him 500 million, cross their fingers, and think he'll still come back and pitch? And which team says, okay, 350, 350 million, and a ton of incentives to make another 250 million? I think this is this becomes real interesting. But look, if you're the Cubs. You need him in the left side of the batter's box, right? You need him at the plate. So pay him for that and try to max that guaranteed money out and then add the incentives for pitching. I still think he's well sought after and gets the $400 million. Do you think he'll be sought after by the Cubs? I still think so, yes. I still think so. Because, if, look, he leads the league in homers. He leads the league in triples, in triples. The guy's a stud at the plate. And there's no reason this Tommy John surgery, if he has it, will slow him down at the plate. Look what Bryce Harper's doing. He came back pretty quickly. And he came back pretty quickly. Um, uh, uh, Otani did the first time around after he had Tommy John. So if all you get is him at the plate doing what Otani has done so far, that's worth $40 million a year. I mean, you know how it is. Every year there's, it, it goes up. And if Harper's getting that and Trout's getting this, there's no doubt Otani should get that big number as well. And then you add the incentives for pitching. But it might come down to which team guarantees him the most money in addition to the incentives. So the contract now is going to be very interesting. But I don't think opt-outs are, 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 going to be in, are going to be a thing for him. I just don't think he wants to go through free agency more than once. Uh, uh, and then I was going to ask you about the Cubs. Uh, it looks like Jordan Wicks is going to start this weekend, correct? Yeah, I think he's going to come up Saturday to pitch Sunday. That would be Drew Smiley's spot. He was scratched yesterday. This is their first-round pick in 21. He's only started in the minors. He has not pitched one game in relief. So I don't see them throwing him in the bullpen. Not impossible. But with Smiley struggles and him pitching well, he's 7-0 and with a 3-5 ERA between double and triple A this year. Um, great live arm. You take a shot at it. Like Hopefully you get lightning you know, in a bottle for a few starts there. And, and uh, he, he pitches better than Smiley. That's not asking a lot. So, yeah. I think Wicks is going to get that chance. You saw Keegan Thompson come back up. What did I say either to you guys or Cap? I mean, they are squeezing every ounce of talent out of that pitching staff, every ounce of production out of it, and they're hanging in there because of their offense. But they're going to need some better starting outings, and maybe Wicks can provide that. Well, I was going to ask you, Jess, as we sit here now, I don't even know what today is. What is today, the 24th of August? Mm-hmm. Yep. Do yep. they have enough left with regard to their starting rotation and their bullpen, which has been asked to do a lot to get to where they need to be by the end of the regular season? Yeah, I think Sylvie asked me last week, division or wild card? I said no to the division. I'm going to double down on that. Milwaukee just looks too tough on the mound, but I think they make the wild card. I don't see... Um, Cincinnati necessarily beating them out. I think it's San Francisco, Arizona, and the Cubs for, for two spots. I really do. I just think Cincinnati's going to come up short because they don't have enough pitching. And, um, and uh, who else is in that mix? The Marlins are kind of fading a little bit. Uh, but it'll be close. Look, you know, no one's going to secure a wild card spot until probably the final week, if not weekend. So I do think they make it. They're as good as San Francisco. They're as good as Arizona. It's just a matter of, you know, getting it done. But, yeah, it, it's a little shaky on the mound right now, no doubt. Waddle and I were talking about Candelario, and, and he just is one of these guys who is such a good clubhouse guy, and he could play third, he could play first. We were saying, like, what kind, what, what kind of contract would be ideal for him? Because I don't think anything would break the bank for him. Just a year ago, he was basically DFA'd by the Tigers. What do you think a contract the Cubs would offer him would look like? 
Oh, I think he could get 30 or 40 million from them, right? Like three, four years at that rate, 10 million a year, something like that's that. That's what I, I said, like three for 30, yeah. Jesse, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't hear you say that. Great minds think alike. Um, I think he's making five this year. You, you double that annual. I actually think he would take the hometown discount. He absolutely loves it here. So, yeah, I think three and 30 or a little bit more than that, depending on how the year ends. I mean, he's having a really good year. But you're right. It wouldn't break the bank, whatever that number is. It'd be the going rate for a guy that does what he does, switch hitter first and third base. Um, I agree with you. I think no matter what they do with Bellinger and Otani, you should re-sign Candelario as well. Yeah, like maybe three for 36, you know, sure. uh, three yeah. years, 12 million per, something like that. Like that's 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 peanuts for a position player who said can... peanuts, right? Yes, yes, I'm not Matt Nagy. I, yeah, I said peanuts. Well, you think... never know up there on the north side when you say that word. Uh-huh. Well, anything else, Jesse, that you want to... Well, yeah, I wanted to just rehash something about Kenny and Rick. Now that it, it's happened, I've talked to more people in the game. And, and, you know, you've asked me about the power between the two in the past. And it, it's clear in talking to people, this was Rick's show. This was Rick's roster. It really was. Yes, Kenny had some power in terms of calling Kim Ng down in Miami or, or Cashman in, in New York because he knew them better. That's kind of normal. But, look, I talked to an agent today. I said, what were your conversations like with Rick? And he said, whenever Rick had to go and check with someone, he never said, let me, let me call you back. I got to check with Kenny. It was always, I got to check with Jerry. Nobody ever heard Kenny invoked by Rick. Hey, well, let me talk to Kenny about it. No, it was always, let me go to Jerry or let me just get back to you. Now, having said that, Kenny had a voice in the whole thing. Like you can't just make decisions on your own. You got to go back to your people. And so they would go talk about it. I mean, they did work together but it, this was rick's show kenny came up with some ideas kenny made a few calls here and there unless someone tells me different guys i don't believe that kenny traded jake Berger without rick's knowledge like i'm not sure if that's out there but i feel like it, it is out there would you maybe hear kenny made, story? Uh, maybe maybe kenny made the trade but rick was involved because kenny knows kim ing better i, I just don't did you hear cap story jesse which, which part of it all right you want to hold on i'll play it for you at 5 at yeah, 5 30 sure. all right hold on sure Cap told the story on the air. I want to, I want you to hear this and see what you think. I also want to, I, I don't know if Waddle read this story too about Jerry and why Jerry is the way he is with his general managers and the familiarity. Um, uh, John Greenberg wrote a really interesting story. I didn't know that this is where this was all shaped, but it, it's an inside look and it just will drive Sox fans crazy because Ironically, this is the reason why a lot of Sox fans became Sox fans. All that coming up next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. And again, don't forget, tomorrow we're out at Stony Point Grill in Mokina. Come and see us 2 to 6 tomorrow, 19031 Old LaGrange Road in Mokina. It's a Miller Time event. Cannot wait. Great prizes to be had. Jesse uh, wraps up his uh, appearance with us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. I wanted to play you this. This was a cap, it was story time with Cap yesterday morning. He was telling Kenny and Rick stories. So this was his story about how the trade went down with Kimming, all right? 
So I'll play you this, and then uh, you tell us uh, what you think. This was uh, Cap from Cap and Jay Hood yesterday morning. Kenny Williams had the authority. How this happened, I don't know, but that falls at Jerry's feet because he's the, the boss. To make trades with two teams. This is fact, folks. This is not speculation. This is fact. He could make trades with the New York Yankees and the Miami Marlins. So around trade deadline, the White Sox are going to blow things up. As Rick said, that's what teams do when they're in our position, unfortunately. Joe Kelly here and Lance Lynn there. Kenny wants to trade Jake Berger for this pitcher eater that they got from the Marlins. Rick does not want to trade Jake Berger. He's our second best power bat. He's the best guy in the room. Guys love him. The fan base likes him. No. Rick hears Kenny say, we got a deal to Kim Eng. What? We got a deal. Yeah, I just traded him. Done. Okay, so is Rick the general manager or is Kenny the general manager? Kenny was conspicuous by his absence. You didn't hear him in the media anymore as this thing imploded. What do you think? So that highlights the, the, the dysfunction. Kenny had some power, but not any real accountability with the media or anything like that. I agree that it probably went down like that. All, all I was trying to say is Rick was aware that Kenny was, was dealing with Berger. Now, I was the one that reported the Marlins had interest in T.A. That was where it started. They, they couldn't get a deal done for T.A. for this pitcher. Maybe they tried Eloy. That was reported as well. Couldn't get it done. And Kim Ng wanted Berger. So it is very possible that, that Kenny wanted to trade Berger for this pitcher and Rick did not. But that, that, that happens all the time. There's a disagreement. But, but Kenny won out on this one. So mm. I, I, there is dysfunction. There's no doubt about it. But for the most part, this was Rick's show. He's right about those two teams. As I mentioned, Cashman, he, he's very friendly with. And Kim Ng because he hired it. So, but that's kind of normal in most teams. That the, you know, for example, I guarantee you this: if the if the Sox and Cubs deal in the future, and Dayton Moore's here, Jed Hoyer will get on the phone with Dayton Moore. When they dealt with the Royals, it was Jed Hoyer that would call Dayton Moore. So you you call people that you know. Um, but it was weird that Kenny never had the accountability with the media, or um, even when I talked to Rick about this trade, he said, "I when I traded Berger, when we all know it was that Kenny Kenny traded him, but Rick said I traded him." So there was a dysfunction in terms of that kind of stuff. But um, in, in most of the time, this was Rick's show. I was told that over and over again by executives and agents. They never talked to Kenny except for those two teams. This, t- this team gives me a headache. Yeah, I, 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 it gives their fans a heartache. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I feel bad for, yeah, for listen, their Listen, for me, I'm not, I don't have an emotional tie to right. it, so it's just a headache. Right. I'd rather have a headache than a heartache. Of course you would. All right, Jesse. Good stuff. Thank Thanks, you, Jess. Okay, guys. We'll talk. Enjoy later. your yeah. night out at the at the uh, ballpark. Just give me air condition for God's sakes. I'm going to the press box. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is from John Greenberg's story, and then we'll get to hot take time machine. This is what he wrote about how Jerry became Jerry with familiarity and why he only stays with his guys in his like quote uh, sports family. Uh, Greenberg wrote, a person familiar with Reinsdorf once explained to me the likely reasoning for Reinsdorf front office uh, insularity is it has to do with the relationship with Larry Himes, the former Sox general manager. Himes did a fantastic job in the Major League Baseball draft, selecting Jack McDowell, 
Robin Ventura, Frank Thomas, and Alex Fernandez in a four-year span. He also traded Reinsdorf favorite Harold Baines, but for a package that included Wilson Alvarez and Sammy Sosa. But Himes was an outsider. He wasn't deferential to Reinsdorf. And so he was gone after the 1990 season, despite the Sox winning 94 games that year. They won 94 or more games just three times since then. Ron Schuler, a Sox guy, was next up, and then came Kenny Williams, and here we are today. Here's the point. Many Sox fans who are my age became Sox fans because of Jack McDowell and Robin Ventura and Frank Thomas and Alex Fernandez and Wilson Alvarez. It was the best core the White Sox have ever had. It was the only time they really had a sustainable core, and it was built by Larry Himes. But Larry Himes didn't play the game that Jerry Reinsdorf wanted him to play. He traded his fan favorite in Harold Baines. Even though it was a good trade, he got Sammy Sosa, who would become a Hall of Famer, even though he's not in the Hall of Fame, and Wilson Alvarez, who would become a really great pitcher for that team. Mm -hmm. It was a good trade. They won 94 games, but he didn't go. You heard what Jesse was saying on how Rick would say, oh, I got to go check with Jerry. Larry Himes just wanted to do baseball stuff. He didn't want to include the owner. He just wanted to do good baseball moves. It's the reason why Chris Getz is getting the job. That's I the mean, point. Like, it's That's... The, these are easy dots to connect. They just they leave you with right. baseball indigestion. And, and what is and, and now what does Tony Larusa do? Tony Larusa includes Jerry, yeah. his, his deli buddy. He he'll have some soup. He'll have a, a cup of coffee. They'll they'll and and Jerry Boy, will have a soup, cigar, hot soup and hot coffee and a, a hot. Arizona afternoon you does not some, sound entertaining you to me. You can have some gazpacho. Isn't that the cold soup? I think so. You can have a cold soup. By the soup. way, is Jesse really covering the A's and the Sox tonight? Maybe he's leaving after uh, pregame. I don't know. Because there's no reason to cover the actual game. Maybe he just went for pregame. I don't know. That's what I would do. Why stay for that game if you're covering it? Go for the pregame. I'm going to watch it because I got money around. on the socks tonight. Yeah, why not? That's. I mean, I got to have socks on one TV, Cubs on the other, and what? there's an NFL preseason game. Man, I believe we keep got. That. We get the Steelers and the Falcons. Keep it. No, I think it's starting starting quarterback action tonight. All yeah, right, but it's not. I, real. I'm not asking you to watch it. No, I'm not. Just telling you, I'm going to. Good for you. Kenny Pickett's going to be out there slinging it. He's looked good too. I'm going to get a look at him. He may be a, a sleeper uh, fantasy pick this year. Oh, God. Uh, are you out on fantasy completely? No. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get to Hot Take Time Machine. We were not supposed to leave. And now, it's time for a trip to the past. I don't understand how we back in time. I'm so scared. Come on. I really got to be the a- says it. Must be some kind of... Hot tub time machine. Oh, no, no, no. Not a hot tub time machine. I'll be back. It's a hot take time machine. Well, more accurately travel back in time. We can't travel into the future. When we go back and examine what the hell was being talked about and said. (laughs) That was the day I invented time travel. It's time for the ESPN Chicago hot take time machine. We have to go back, Kate. Presented by Waddle and Sylvie. We have to go back. Uh, brought to you by Grand and Western Liquors. We just picked up a bunch of wine and tequila and beer. 
Brandon Western Liquors. I saw my guy Alex last week. Uh, be car seven right now and win a gift card at Grand and Western Liquors located at the corner of Grand and Western right in the heart of the city and they'll pass the savings along to you store looked awesome they are stocked up and they're ready for you to stock up for your uh, football watching this weekend college football what do they call it week zero week zero so get ready on the docket yes all right so seven years ago today what did I tweet all right. This on this day in 2016, the White Sox, or I guess I should say, U.S. Cellular Field was no longer U.S. Cellular Field. It became Guaranteed Rate Field on oh, today, this day. On this day, in early, they purchased the naming rights to U.S. Cellular Field. So Danny Ecker tweeted out the news, and Sylvie, coincidentally on this day, tweeted in air quotes. Guaranteed that Kenny Williams is still going to work here field. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a good <laughs> the timing worked out amazing. <laughs> That's Seven awesome. Seven years ago. Seven years ago today. Yeah. When it became guaranteed right field. Guaranteed that Kenny Williams is still going to work here field. And that lasted for another seven years. Yes. It was much longer than it should have been. That's for sure. Like, he should not have been working there then. That was after the Chris Sale stuff, too, wasn't it? Or right around that time? The Drake LaRoche? Gosh, was that seven years ago? I think yeah, it was. I think it was, yeah, because uh, what he won, or Sale won a World Series in 18. Yeah. Right? I, th- I think that was the season of the dysfunction then. 16, wasn't it? And then they trade. Isn't that when they started? The, it, it, I think the off season of then, that season. When did they trade? Because then what? Moncada became a White Sox in eighteen, here. I believe. Well, let, let me look here. When Chris Sale became a, uh, a Speaking Red Speaking of Chris Sale, Sale, I was looking at the box scores uh, or the the. Yeah, I was looking at the like the previews of games. No, I that, didn't even know that Chris Sale was back in the rotation for the Sox. He pitched last night. Yeah, no, he that was his last year. Twenty sixteen was his last year with the White Sox. So that was while we were going through the season. That spring training was the Drake LaRoche spring training. That year was the year he cut up ju- the jerseys as well. So we were going through the turbulence of Chris Sale, and then in that off season is when they made the trade. For Chris Sale. Uh, such great times. And, and that's when it officially opened up the rebuild. Such wonderful times. <laughs> what Walk down memory lane. Great memories for White Sox. <laughs> and here we are again. Starting another, another time. Another but, rebuild. Yeah. Yep. Sean in Orland Park was caller seven. He wins the gift card to Grand and Western Liquors. Uh, I want to, Mitch, make sure you hold on. He's got a good comparison on who is a very similar owner to Jerry Reinsdorf. Hmm. Uh, I will take that call. We'll crosstalk as well with Tyler Aki, who will be hosting before White Sox baseball. It's all Sox and A's, baby, coming at you. Yes. Well, it's all coming up next. Guys, it's 100 degrees out there today. Can your windows handle the heat? Can the cool air stand on the inside and the hot air stay on the outside? Are your windows energy efficient? Are you saving money on your energy bills? I said yes to that last answer. Thanks to my new windows from Window Nation. I have those brand new energy efficient windows that I love. From Window Nation. I called Alan Favada, their sales manager, at 866-90-NATION, and I did it twice now. I got new windows from Window Nation. I got the best customer service around. 
can check them out online as well at windownation.com. Beat the rush of the fall season and get in line right now because they've got the best deal of the year. 50% off any style window. Bows, bays, double hung, sliders. You get 50% off plus nothing down and no interest for two full years. So they're going to save you money in the short term and the long term. My energy bills have saved me 30% year over year. So what are you waiting for? Call my guys at Window Nation, 866-90-NATION. That's 866-90-NATION. Find out why they've installed over 2 million windows to date. Family-owned business that values you, the customer. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. Waddle and Sylvie, from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home. We're there with you, making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. One last reminder that we're going to be out tomorrow for Miller Time. Celebrate the weekend on a Friday. With you at Stony Point Grill in Mokina. So come on out and see us. Stony Point Grill in Mokina. Going to be a, a, a start to a great weekend. Because we've got Football Fest on Sunday. We've got the Bears game on your home for the Bears on Saturday. So we'll start it off uh, tomorrow afternoon at the Stony Point Grill in Mokina. Mitch is a good comp. And I think it's, I think it's, it's, great. I think it's a very good comp. Mitch on uh, Lakeshore Drive. You're on Waddle and Sylvie. What's up, Mitch? Hey guys, uh, first just want to say, listen to you guys since I was going to college and I'm 30 now. And, Whoa! Uh, it's been nice, exactly, right? It's been nice, um, you know, listening to you guys when you're out in the morning with the commute to college and now sitting in traffic going home from work. It's it's an, it's it's just been really nice. Mitch, we've it. grown up much. together. Yes, we have. We've grown up go. together. <laughs> we appreciate your loyalty. Um, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, my comparison um, is just another, you know, owner that we're all probably very familiar with that, you know, decides to surround himself with yes men. And I know it wasn't, you know, uh, over the length of time that we have with Jerry, but it's Michael Jordan. Like, I don't know if y'all would agree with me, but yeah, he kind of just surrounds himself with yes men, kind of just like Jerry does and expects everybody to bow at his knee. 100%. I think it's a great comparison. And as great of a basketball player and athlete as, as Michael was, Michael is one of the worst owners in sports. And now he's not an owner anymore. Now, he made a lot of money like Jerry has, but he won at a very, very low level. And Charles, it cost Charles his friendship because Charles said that. Charles said that he surrounded himself with too many yes men. And he was too comfortable. He didn't want anyone to say no. And that's why they have not spoken in over 10 years. Well, and he said it on our show. You can argue that because that's how they run their, their businesses, it's the reason why neither of them had sustained success. I mean, you, you, know, I mean, you can't call what they've done on the South Side sustained anything. No, no. That, that's what I mean. Like... They never have had like a five year run with the same players where they've been in contention for the division year after year after year. And 05 was good, and the first half of 06 was very good, but then it was really that's it. And then they sort of were okay in 08. And by the way, recently, like 
This is the worst division. The American League Central is the worst division in baseball. Mm-hmm. And has been for a, a couple of years. Yeah. You should be owning that division. Detroit and Kansas City the last several years have been really bad. Yeah. Crosstalk is brought to you by my friends at Steinhoffels. I was there in Vernon Hills earlier today. We were trying out mattresses. I finally got the couches that I love. We got some. Uh, uh, got a coffee table. I got some nightstands. I mean, we are. We're when shopping. You go in, when you go in to, to check out the couches, do you slap them to see, like, if they're yes. very slappable couches? Yeah, absolutely. The durability of the slap. Yeah. It's got to pass the slap test. Because I don't think we've referred to this in quite some time, but you're a couch slapper. This is right. This was, like, something that started when we were first together, as I used to say. Slapping the couch. Right. Where you could slap the Celebrate. couch in, in good. Yeah. You could slap the couch in bad. Like when Alzale gets a, the save, he slapped the couch. Way to go, well, he, Adbert. He's been walking that tightrope recently. Right. Or when uh, someone doesn't have a good command like Fulmer the other night, you could slap the couch. Like, find the strike zone. Yeah. You got a three-run lead. What are you doing here? Tyler, what do you got coming up on the show? Are you, or wait, are you a cushion or an arm rest slapper? A both. Both? It, de- it depends. And, like, sometimes it's backrest. Sometimes it's armrest. Sometimes it's the cushion. I'm never a remote thrower. That, that's stupid because then you're ruining your equipment. Right. I'll, I'll slap the couch. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the people that like throw their iPhones in disgust, those people make no sense to me. Yeah. At this point, it's one of those things, too, where when you see those videos of the guy wrecking his TV, they're all staged. Of course. At they're, this point. they're of TVs that we're going to get rid of anyway, and they just want them. And they like clicks. And they want clicks for the social media, yes? Yep. yep. Exactly. What do you got coming up? Going to talk a little Shohei, as well as some Bears injury concerns as well. Yeah. And the preseason coming up. Again, we'll have a football Friday for you tomorrow. And uh, we're going to have a great time out in Mokina. So come see us at uh, Stony Point Grill out in Mokina. It's going to be Miller time. We're going to have a great time. Miller time all day tomorrow. Uh, Thank you to Courtney Cronin and Jesse Rogers for joining us today. Charlie Bevins and Tyler Aki, thank you. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Make sure you stay cool out there and have yourself a great Thursday night.